Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. You guys want to read the chat GBT thing real quick? No. No. Hey, but Chris is fitting into his role very well. Chris Grumpy, can we pl- please talk about something else? I'm sick of hearing about this Jordan Travis kid. Chris Grumpy size. Fine, you win. Jordan Travis is a decent quarterback. But can we please talk about something more interesting now? Zach instigated. Oh, come on, Chris. You're just mad because Brennan was right and you were wrong. GBT got it. Got down pat. We don't have to worry about them replacing us on the podcast, which is nice. Welcome to On the Bench. I'm your host for this episode, Brendan Sinone, joined by Chris Nee, Zach Blostein. This is not a chat GBT-inspired podcast. This is just humans messing around, talking a little FSU football. Gentlemen, hopefully you had a nice Easter weekend. Recharged, refreshed, ready to go for the last weekend of spring practice. Uh, let's get into this episode. We're going to do a bunch of buyers to know because the, the Knowles 24-7 subscribers came strong with a lot of really good questions and prompts. I do want to get into a little bit of recruiting updates and intel first before we dive into that. Uh, but but first, let's go into our sponsors and say thank you for your sponsorship. Let's talk a little bit about Chattanooga Whiskey first. I'm pulling up on the website here. They have a new experimental batch whiskey out. It's honey infused and it's from the stylings. Chris, get ready for this, of old Irish liqueur, classic Irish liqueur, ancient Irish liqueur. Uh, it's basically honey infused. Uh, into a triple distilled bourbon that has Irish style uh, mash bill, including like a like a malted barley from Ireland, a flaked barley from Ireland. Uh, that's already sold out on Sealbacks. <laughs> a lot of people are interested in it. I might do a new release. It says coming soon. They'll add more. But so our listeners know, I know a lot of people have asked for, about the Chattanooga Whiskey High Malt. Uh, it's a uh, 11, 111 proof. That is back on Sealbacks for $50. It's one of the best bourbons out there for sub 50 bucks. It's $49.99 technically. It's excellent. Uh, Zach, I sent you, or they sent you a bottle. You currently have it. I don't know if you've opened it yet. Probably should because it's excellent stuff. Just yeah. add on that. I was I was in Total Wine on Saturday evening and Chattanooga Whiskey is available in the Tallahassee Total Wine. In Tallahassee. I think there, I think you probably go to ABC and find some as well. Uh, but, but go ahead to sealbacks.com and let's sell it out because let's get it sell, sold out again because it happened pretty quickly after the last time we announced the sponsorship. Uh, let, let's make it happen again. Chattanooga Whiskey, 111 Tennessee High Mall. Also, the rye is excellent as well. It's a 99 proof rye. I'm not a huge rye fan, but this to me was uh, excellence of bourbon drinkers rye, if you will. So anyways, Chattanooga Whiskey, go to sealbacks.com. I'll put a link on the message board for our listeners if you guys are interested, if you're not by a a place that has like a total wine, ABC, you know, extensive bourbon selection. But we want to thank them. Also want to give a shout out to the Turner Group. They're making this episode of Virus Unknown happen. Give them a little bit more of an in-depth shout out in a bit. Uh, let's talk about some recruiting developments from the last week, fellas. Uh, starting off with Luke Cromenhawk was, 
up at Penn State, taking an unofficial visit. Where's the freakout meter right now? Um, it's eight pages deep on the No 24-7 message board when I post that thread. That's how big the uh, freakout meter is. Nah, I mean. What about your freakout meter? Yeah, for me, specifically, I posted this on the uh, the message board um, two days ago um, when that visit happened, I guess that night. I basically just said, um, you know, as our Penn State site reported, four-star quarterback Luke Kermanhawk made his way over to Happy Valley for a visit. Um, I believe it was that Friday. And um, I guess that, you know, they had gotten word of that the day before. He did indeed make it in. Um, but I, I posted a few notes just surrounding the recruitment. So basically, Kermanhawk's mom and, and her side of the family are big Penn State fans from what I was told. And, you know, they actually attended the whiteout game there last year. Um, so this isn't like a new development. Like they've been visiting Penn State throughout Luke's recruitment. And that's what I was told is the primary reason for the visit. Um, Kroman Hawk communicated his plans with FSU staff prior to that visit occurring. Um, and I'm told the staff is not concerned about the visit or with Kroman Hawk's commitment status coming out of that trip. It would be nice. You don't want your quarterback taking visits. I think it is really important that he's at least letting the staff know. I'm not particularly worried about it. I would like to kind of see like what where his head's at when he comes to campus this weekend for the spring game. If we can chat with him then, see if he's going to take any official visits or you know if this was if this is the beginning of something else or if, or if that was it. And so that'll be worth kind of exploring and vetting uh, when we get to talk to him next time. Unless he does the oh I don't want to do an interview thing, Zach, and then that might be cause for concern as well. Yeah, I'm not worried. Um, I think this will get smoothed over and and Luke's you know been solid for a while um you know, this might have been a deal where you know, he just wants to see maybe one more school um but yeah I'm not worried about his commitment status to Florida State are we worried about Cam Davis visiting Florida I'm just trying to get the alarms going get people I think flowing here on a Monday yeah I think Cam Davis's recruitment is a little bit more open than than Kroman Hawks um you know he's kind of been that way for a couple months now, just saying that he's going to visit schools. He did come off of his last FSU visit. I think it was Legacy Weekend, basically, saying that he was close to shutting down his recruitment. I think that's probably still where his mind's at. Um, he did visit UF. Um, basically, him and his mom were down in Orlando on a vacation, him and his family. Um, and on their way up to South Florida or to South Georgia, uh, where he resides um, after the vacation, they stopped in Gainesville for like a three hour visit, I was told. So it wasn't an extensive deal. You know, our Florida site caught up with him. He gave Cam's a great interview and, and he gave, you know, good quotes about UF, um, but also talked about how hard it would be to, to flip him from Florida State. And I think that's probably um, true. So, yeah, to me, I'm not worried. I was gonna. I'm gonna put on the site today that you know Cam Davis will be back at Florida State this weekend for the spring game, so that's big for the FSU staff to get you know get him on another in-person trip um, and try to you know maybe convince him to shut things down once again. So I think that's the biggest thing with him. Um, you don't want him taking officials because he has an extensive offer list, and pretty much all the schools in the country are gonna want him. He's mentioned Georgia, the in-state school is a, is a school that's been poking around. Colorado is a school from out of state that's that's been involved. There, there are a number of programs that really want Cam Davis, including UF. So Florida State really needs to try and work on getting him to shut things down.
Chris, I need to check in with you. You doing okay? Elias Williams, 2025. A tight end prospect you're in love with. I don't know if it's a, a Jeremiah Byers level of, of love, but still you are. Uh, did, you see that, did you see that message word thread? Sorry to derail that, but the, the uh, one where the guy said he saw Chris and at the. Yeah, the, Nicholas is his name. I met him. We went to Hangar 38 over the weekend for a family friend's birthday party and met a young man there. Very nice young man. I appreciate him saying hello. Um, and Everyone was yeah, asking I, I it. Let's have a little fun with Chris and Jeremiah Byers. On Elias Williams, uh, you know, it's early, but yeah, committed to Georgia. He's tight end. He's in that state. That school's done a phenomenal job of recruiting that position. I don't think that's going to change. I do find the timing a little bit interesting with regards to FSU poking around and messing around with Landon Thomas and FSU being the clear-cut school for both of those young men that's competing with Georgia. I guess Ohio State can be thrown in there too with Landon Thomas to some degree and maybe even Auburn. I think he may have been there this weekend for their spring game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, FSU's not going to give up. They're not going to walk away from that, but it's Georgia. They've won back-to-back national titles. They know how to recruit. Maybe an appropriate uh, talking point real quick. Let's shout out the Battle's End. We are doing a a joint promotion with them through, uh, I was going to say the remainder of the week, but that's not even technically correct. we got five more days of it. April 15th is the last day to do the donor match program with the Battle's End. Uh, You do that. uh, One, someone's going to, a specific special secret donor, I got the alliteration going there, is going to uh, do a, a match of up to, was it? Five I think it's half a million. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. That, that's that's not bad. Apparently, that's gone very well so far. Uh, I want to keep it going, going into the final few days here. And uh, our little humble uh, contribution to that, uh, Chris will also donate half a million dollars. Uh, just kidding. Uh, what we will do, though, is no 24 7. 24 7. Uh, be good if I could pronunciate. This morning, a lot of bourbon over the weekend, fellas. A lot of, a lot of Chattanooga whiskey. Uh, what Knowles 24-7 will do is offer a month to our website, whether you are a free month, whether you are a current subscriber, sign up with the Battle's End. We get proof of that via email. Uh, we will give you a free month. If you're a new subscriber, uh, you do have to sign up with Knowles 24-7. Then we will give you a, the next month free, uh, whether it's a, a month subscription or an annual subscription. So it is legitimately... Uh, despite my my ramblings and my stumblings here, the best coverage of FSU athletics out there. The recruiting coverage is, is top-notch. Team stuff is fun, unique. YouTube channel continues to expand. So we're doing a lot that we're really proud of. Happy to be part of this sponsorship with the Battle's End for the remainder of the week here. So please go to thebattlesend.com. Uh, check them out. Uh, do, a, do a donation. They'll do whatever they – they'll take whatever they can. It'll get matched, and then you get the free month at Knowles 24-7. So – Let's get into Byers Sinone. You guys came strong last week, so much so that there were so many good prompts and, and thoughtful ones and fun ones that I wanted to do an entire episode on it. I thought that was fair. You guys at Knowles 24-7 are listeners and subscribers did a great job. So with that in mind, let's give a shout out to... The Turner Group. Mm-hmm, the Turner Group. Uh, don't Sinone on buying or selling a home just because it's an ever-changing process and it can be daunting and, and, not, and frankly not always fun. Uh, find someone who can help make it a smooth process or as smooth as possible. And that is Colin and Amy Turner of the Turner group. They're FSU grads. They're based in central Florida. If you're in the 407 and you're looking to get in the housing market, even if you're just interested in like seeing what it's like, reach out to Colin, ask him about it. Let him know we sent you, uh, give him your business or give him a chance. 
the very least. And I guarantee you will come away impressed because he's super responsive, thoughtful, friendly, big FSU fan too. So you guys can talk some no ball as spring ball wraps up. You can reach out to him at 407-403-8546 or email him at getstartedatthetrendergroup.com. We'll also say throughout the entire state of Florida, they're under the Keller Williams umbrella. So even if you're up here in the panhandle by us, you're down in South Florida where the housing market's always kind of crazy, uh, they can help you out. And, and Colin can direct you to the right the right person and someone who, who he trusts within his vast network, his vast Rolodex. So shout out to Colin Turner and the Turner Group. Let's get going on Byer Sinone. Uh, starting off with Scranton Knoll. Byer Sinone, Landon Thomas ends up at FSU. Chris, since you uh, love tight end talk, and we just gave a little bit of of a hint at what was happening with tight end recruiting, let, let's start with you. For right now, I would still Sinone it. I think FSU's done a phenomenal job of making it very close. I'm not entirely convinced he sticks with Georgia. As I mentioned earlier, I think Ohio State can be a contender there. Auburn's a little bit more in the mix, but Ohio State to me is the other school other than FSU that he may consider down the stretch. FSU and Ohio State, if I recall correctly, were his first and his second offers back when he originally committed to FSU before the decommitment and switched to Georgia. Um, but I'm going to stick with Georgia for right now. I think FSU's done a phenomenal job there and has to keep chipping away. I just don't think they're there yet. I'm synoning it until unless he makes it for that official visit in June. If he makes it for that OV in June, I'm going to buy it. I'll I'll join you guys with a synone suite to start things off here. Let's make it a little more interesting, though. Like, what do we think the percentage chance that he ends up at Florida State is? So we're saying sub fifty right now, like right? 30, like, for me, it's like thirty-five percent. Yeah, I think that's a good number. I was going to say thirty. I think we're all. In the I same think if any school is going to flip him, it's going to be Florida State right now. Like, I think they have the best shot. I'd agree with that too. He yeah. also was supposed to be at Auburn on Friday last week. Literally, right after we recorded the podcast, that was reported. He did not end up making that trip. He did not. Okay, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I know that was something that was tossed around. I was I was running through the Auburn during because they had a lot going yeah. on for their eight. So I, as I mentioned, I think Ohio State's a school. If it's not Georgia or FSU, I think they're the next one that's really a contender. Has he visited there? I think he did very early in the process. I don't think he has recently, but I'm talking more about official visit possibilities. If he yeah. takes a few in June, which we expect him to take one to Georgia, and he scheduled one to FSU. If there's going to be a no one that pops up in there, I would bet on Ohio State being the other one. Gotcha. Didn't yeah. Ohio State just break Miami's heart? For yeah, with Aaron Nolan. Mm. That's a toughie. Hey, but they got Judd. I'm not going to sideswipe any recruits right now. That's rude. Uh, new Dynasty Noel, Byers Sinone. The O-line will be 20% better than last year. And then a follow-up Byers Sinone, that would be good enough for a natty. Um, well, first off, working backwards, I'll Sinone. I, I don't think FSU's trench play uh, is – going to be national championship good this year. I think it's going to be potentially playoff good, uh, whether you're able to start competing with the Alabamas and Georgias of the world. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure I'm quite ready to go there, but will it be 20% better? Yeah, you know what? Bye. I think it will be. I think it will be. We'll see go from from an average, below average, average offensive line to a well above average one, uh, including with all the weapons FSU has to help take pressure off those guys and the depth they have up front. Yeah, I think it'll be about 20% better. Chris? I'll buy that it will be 20% better because I think the depth is that improved. And I think the talent overall in that top 10 or so that they're going to be able to lean on is improved. Also known on the Natty Good. Yeah, I agree with Chris. Sunday gold, kind of on topic here. Byers Sinone, bless Harris, is a starter. 
I'm buying that guys. He is, he's in the most recent King of the spring power rankings. He's had a really remarkable last like two weeks of practice, maybe the most consistent offensive lineman in that stretch. Uh, he's don't count out bless Harris. He is making a, making a legitimate push to be someone who is in, in the starting rotation entering fall camp. Uh, it's a tough call. Um, I think I'm synoning it for right now solely because I still think that Jeremiah Byers and Robert Scott are probably your most likely offensive tackles, presuming Robert Scott is back to playing capability by August, which is expected, I believe, coming off of the surgery he had or the situation with his injury that he had. Um, could Bless slide, slide inside? Yes, but I think they view him more as a tackle type for them right now. So that's why I'm going to synone it for right now. I'm going to synone it, but... I feel like Bless Harris, Bless Harris always surprises us. Like last, you know, the preseason in 2022, like I don't think anyone really thought Bless Harris was going to be a starter. And then, you know, he walks out the first game and he's the starting right tackle. I mean, he's just a guy that really, um, you know, I think early on in spring ball was just kind of getting back into, you know, conditioning and, and getting back into football shape. I think he's now closer to that. And we've seen him kind of, um, be really impressive over the last two weeks, like Brendan said. So I definitely think it's a possibility, but I agree with Chris. I think if, if you know, all goes well and everyone's healthy, I think Robert Scott and Jeremiah Byers are your two uh, tackles. And I don't know if um, Bless Harris can play guard. I think Bless Harris could play guard. I think he has the size for it. So I, I yeah. wouldn't discredit that. I, I think what maybe is more interesting is if, you know, Robert Scott, if you feel good about where he's at in fall camp and he returns to being someone who you trust as, as a starting left tackle, do you go with Bless Harris at right tackle or do you go with Jeremiah Byers? And then which one do you kick inside? Because I think about the point where I feel like confident that Bless Harris is one of your, your five best. Do you find a place for him? Does that mean that Byers is a, is a guard instead of a, a tackle? Because if that happens, that unlocks a few other things with what he can do athletically. Um, I don't know. We're talking about options here again, which is, which is nice. Farm D. Knoll, Byer Sinone, one of the utter, I think, better? No, utter. I don't know what he's trying to get. Other B or C quarterbacks ends up in the 25 class. I thought you said uh, this is a good Byer Sinone segment. I mean, Farm D. Knoll has not been great lately, just being totally honest. Uh, thank you for your patronage, but pick it up. So is he asking if they add an additional quarterback outside of Tremel Jones and his yeah. B or C butter or cutter? Oh my God! Oh. Then if he is thinking at the level. Then I take everything back. Farm, do you know you're doing a great job? Yeah, but only Chris could have deciphered that. Wow, beautiful mind. I don't know what that means, Zach. I'll take it as a compliment. Um, I don't think they get butter or cutter. To be honest, do I think they get another 25 quarterback? Yeah, I think that's definitely a possibility. Oh, that's exactly what he meant, butter or cutter. I get what's happening now. I'm caught up. Really, 15 seconds late on that. But um, yeah, I'm I'm all in on butter or cutter. I think they they. Those are two top guys for them. Um, and two guys that have visited this spring, honestly, that I can remember in that class. So, yeah, I, I'd i buy that they get um, – that they're adding – wait, is it buying that they're going to get one of those guys or buying that they're just going to get another 25 quarterback? I, I think we've determined that it's butter or cutter ends up in the class is what the buyer's to note is. I'll buy that. Woo-hoo. I, I do think they're going to keep recruiting the 2025 quarterback group. Like, I don't think having Tramel Jones uh, – Prohibits them from continuing to explore options there. NYC Noel 92 asks, buy Orson Tyler Keltner grabs the kicking job by the horns 
and that forces Ryan Fitzgerald to seek a fresh start elsewhere. Uh, first off, fellas, did you see Tyler Keltner make a 51-yarder at practice the other day? Yep. Mm. Zach, buyers to know what happens there. I just I would like to see Keltner be a little bit more consistent. Like his accuracy has been somewhat of an issue in, in spring ball, but man, like his leg is just far more impressive from a power standpoint. Like I, I think he could line up and maybe hit a 60 yard field goal. Like he has the power um, to do it. And that makes me think that I, I don't know. I, I think you find roles for both of them right now. Cause you don't have a stellar, you know, automatic kicker, but I think if you're going past maybe 45 yards, you probably put Keltner in the game and then, you know, anything under that, I think Fitz is probably your guy. So I would have known that. Um, I think, I don't, I don't know if, I, I think Fitzgerald will probably be the starting kicker, but I think if you're, if you're trying to go for a long kick, you might put Tyler Keltner in the game. I'm synoning it. If you don't, what's the old adage? If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. Does that apply for kickers as well? No. Good. Probably actually. Delays are good for audio mechanisms, guys. Good. Uh, Chris, you're, are you are you not sold on Keltner, or are you more convinced that Fitzgerald kind of is just the more steady of the two? I guess what what's going into the Sinone there? I just don't think there's a kicking change in our immediate future at the moment. I'm a little different I'm, than you, Chris. I'm Sinoning it, but I think Keltner will end up edging out Fitzgerald by the ed- end of preseason camp. I don't know if he grabs it by the horns, though. I don't know if it's so convincing that that forces Fitzgerald to to leave. Like I. He's not running away with it. I think he has more upside and, and provides more juice as a kicker with the, the power that we've talked about. Um, and it, it, we can talk about like he's not consistent, but he's been 70 to like 80, I think 70 to 77% for at least three years as a kicker now. Like, so you kind of know what he is. And those aren't great numbers, but he is consistent in that he's like above average with accuracy. So, so we do have that. Uh, we do have that like, data point which is important drew 904 fire sonone fsu flips jamari howard zach um i definitely don't think he's going to stay at michigan state um, this is a top 100 cornerback prospect out of um, miami that's committed to michigan state and has been for a while he's visited florida state already this spring and then it's going to be back for the spring game yeah i think I'll buy that. Um, I think if, if any school has a shot, it's FSU. I think UF is right there, though. Um, they've hosted him several times this spring as well, but I really don't think he's going to stick with Michigan State. And I think Florida State's probably the school that has the best shot to flip him right now. Does FSU, does FSU, like, is he a take for FSU right now? Do they want I him believe, to that extent? I believe he is. He's a really lengthy um, defensive back prospect. I think he's 6'2", 175 pounds, and mm-hmm. um, he's a guy that that's rated in our top 100, um, in the top 247. So, yeah, I think they want him, and, and I think Forsyth, if of any school, has the best shot. That's where my mind went to, Brendan, was is he definitely a tag? There's just so many names on that board at defensive back. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, oh, Chris is dying. Um, FSU's done a really good job there. He's a regular. He's got a very strong relationship with Randy Shannon. He's developed a strong relationship with other members of defensive staff, specifically at the position. Um, so they're they've positioned themselves very well. I guess I'll go with a buy for now. Yeah. Speaking of Randy Shannon, did you see the uh, the Jaden Parrish ranking on those twenty or on twenty four seven Sports? 
Yeah, it was what eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. It's about where I thought he would be. Well, there's a lot of hammering <laughs> for, for a high-end three-star, but it's what we do sometimes. They have a type. They do. Uh, let's see. Crisk nine five four. Fire Sinone. The defense will be better than the offense this year. Uh, that's a that's a Sinone for me. I think the defense will be improved, but we're talking about a top five to ten offense probably. The game, I also know that the game's offensive these days, and I think FC's offense is built to be explosive and post points in a variety of ways. Yeah, tough. Hearts known. Oh, hearts known. Uh, Jeremiah Byers compared the offense to the Showtime Lakers, which I, I'm impressed that he had the, the wherewithal to start making like legitimate comps the other day. Like he threw out a cream of Dolce Bar, and like, yeah, it was impressive. Uh, that that is, uh, Chris is in love. That is a, uh, Maybe a bit hyperbolic, but it will be a fun offense, I think, is to the point that you have a lot of options and a lot of versatility and, and body types and, and weapons you can you can go to. Uh let me let me raise that fire snow and throw this to you guys. FSU's defense will be a top twenty unit this year, Byer Sinone. Bye. Um I'll buy it. Eight seconds to respond to that, Zach. Not great. Pick I'm it up. thinking. I'm thinking. It's an audio. It's an audio medium. Got to go faster. Uh, let's see. Well, well, let's say this: if they go top twenty, is that good enough to make it into the playoffs? If you combine it with what you think the offense is—a top twenty defense and an elite offense—is that enough yes. to make it into the playoffs? Yes. Yes, but it comes down to what you. I mean, obviously, it comes down to what you do over the whole grand scheme of it, but so much of it's that LSU-Clemson combo of probably have to definitely win one. If you win both, you position yourself very well. If you lose both, well, it's not here that they expand to 12, so it's probably not the cards for you. Colin Bohannon, Byer Sinone, with a shameless plug for the Turner Group to try to help get my question read. Uh, usually, that, that is a good way to do it, but we're reading most of them, Colin. But still, thank you for the, the plug of our sponsor. Uh, fans are sleeping on Dennis Briggs, Kentron Portier, and DJ's Lundy's contributions in 2023. And then asks, are these players among the most likely for huge breakout years in 2023? Chris, I will start with you. Zach, then you follow up. I'm going to go get water while we all marinate on this question. I will buy on Tron. I think Tron has a great chance of being their number two receiver currently behind Johnny Wilson. He's had a phenomenal spring, become much more consistent. The athletic traits are very, very good. The catch radius is there. Another big time option down the field. I was known on the other two. I think in the case of Briggs, a guy who I personally love, he's still more of a depth piece, a guy that can help you. He can impact plays. Go watch the cheese at bowl. He had some really good moments there. And with DJ Lundy, again, another depth piece, a guy behind Tatum and a guy behind Kalen who's super dependable. You know what you've got. And he's also going to help you a great deal on special teams. Uh, you can go back. Adam Fuller, I believe, after scrimmage number two, made a comment about linebackers and how vital they are these days on special teams as you need more big-bodied athletes. And John Papuch just backed up those same comments in the same day. So just that's my opinion on those three. What about you, Zach? Yeah, I'm definitely buying Tron. I mean, he's my king in the spring. So I think he's going to be a, a breakout candidate for 2023. He's a guy that probably vaults himself into that wide receiver two um, position heading into the season. And then uh, moving on to the other guys, I think Dennis Briggs – you know, I don't know if he's starting caliber right now, just with how talented that room is, um, especially, you know, once they get Braden Fist back. I mean, that's just a really loaded interior defensive line group. And Dennis Briggs will have a role this upcoming season. Like, I'm not saying he's not going to play, but 
Um, I think he's probably, you know, correctly valued right now by the fan base and by us. And then with DJ Lundy, I mean, I think DJ Lundy is going to play a, a, a decent bit. Um, he's obviously the third linebacker in the rotation, but they do run a lot of sets with a guy like that. And obviously they rotate their players in and out of the game a ton. So, um, yeah, I think also known the other two, but definitely by uh, Tron. Um, I think the other two guys do have roles, but aren't, you know, set for breakout years. I'm not sure. I agree with most of what you said, Zach. I'm not sure with DJ Lundy, though. I want to push back a little bit. Uh, like, I don't know if he's going to have a bigger role than we think. Like, I think he's going to be your third linebacker. But but I do think the fan base overlooks him a lot, even discussing, like, the long-term outlook of the linebacker group. Like, he's not viewed as a potential starter in 2024. And I view him as someone who's gotten better year over year, who hasn't played that position for a particularly long time. He keeps getting in better shape. I and mean, that's quantifiable, like, the weight. And you can actually see it, like, just, like, he, he is in better shape. So – that combination makes me think that he still has like upward trajectory. Uh, what we've seen from him is not necessarily what we will continue to see for him. Like there's reason to believe he will continue to get better. Uh, so that's the one thing I'll push back on a little bit that I, I do think that people are uh, sleeping on DJ Lunny to an extent. I, I would, I would think he's going to be a, a high end contributor in 2023 and a likely starter that you could feel comfortable with in 2024. Uh, J13 Alley asks, Byer Sonone brought to you by. The Turner. the Turner Group. Rodney Hill claims his rightful crown as King of the Spring. Uh, I will buy that since he is number one on the power rankings that I do currently. I have him as as the head, uh, the head of the line, the the man who will wear the crown, King Rodney Hill. I'll buy that. I feel like the Spring Showcase is kind of built for a running back to bust out and do something, since it's a little bit soft on the tackling side at times. So I think Rodney will have a chance to showcase some of that and claim his crown. So known. Um, I think, I think Rodney Hill is probably second in my rankings right now. Um, Kentron Portier, Portier didn't have like an amazing week last week, but you know I'm not ready to to vault him in, in front of a uh, of my boy Tron right now. Sorry. I'll have to apologize for that. Chuck D. <laughs> Chuck D. Eighty. Byers Sonoma is a good one. Byron Byron Turner has better stats than Derek McClendon did last year. What is it, like three sacks? How many TFLs? Three and a half sacks. I think like nine TFLs or so. Uh, I've also known that. I think, yeah, I mean, they've got a number of guys ahead of him in the rotation. I think Gilbert probably has a more likely shot of of being like that kind of stat line this year for Florida State. Gilbert Edmond. Yeah, I think I'd Sonone. I think the possibility of a push type of situation, but I'm going to Sonone. I'm going to lean towards that side. McClendon had five tackles for loss last year, 37 tackles, 3.5 sacks. He played a lot of snaps. I don't think Byron right. is going to have near the volume and opportunity that yeah. McClendon You might have did. like half the, the snaps or less. Impact might be comparable, but uh, rep count won't be. Which would be huge if you can basically double your efficiency like that. That's massive. So that's what you're looking for is can he give you juice as a pass rusher and a guy who plays like 10 to 15 snaps a game? I think that's probably the the calibration that you need to do with him uh, as a as a contributor this year. Uh, Matt Jolly, six. Byers Sinone is Norvell the fastest head coach out of Florida's big three. I would imagine so. He's got some wheels uh, and he's also what, 40, 41? He's, he's fairly young too. I know Napier is not not that old but well big three or the entire florida group 
He's asking big threes, so we're talking okay, so about Mario's um, much more trench man. I mean, he's definitely he's there to get the push at the point of contact. Billy may have been fast a year ago, but it really beat him down over the last year. I just don't know if he's going to be there. So I'm going to go with Mike right now. Plus, Mike's been training really hard for this. Thanks to Robert Cooper, Dante Anderson, Braden Fisk, and others. Yeah, definitely buy. I mean, he's he's um, very much in shape, so I think he's gonna he's gonna lead the other two in the dust. Oh, we need Kev here to answer this question, but alas, he's not. Chris nine five four buyer known. Quinn Jones gets into the cornerback rotation at some point this year. I, I think, I think by, I think like the starting cornerback or just no, like, I just, think just like he'll play, like he'll be, he'll get a series or two in a game as like yeah. starting defense. When I hear I mean, rotation, I always think too deep is kind of where my mind goes. I don't think Quinn's a too deep guy. Do I think he'll play this year? Yes. Mm, they just, I don't know. They they love to rotate like defensive backs. Like we've seen like freshmen make make it into like the starting like lineup a ton over the past two years. I I mean they, they have a deeper room now, but it would injury or two like that, that could cause them to, to uh, move up a little bit. Uh, Azaria Thomas had two hundred plus snaps as a true freshman last year. Uh, and some of that was like he was in the rotation early in the year, struggled some, got back into it later in the year, and ended up having a pretty prominent role by the end of the season. Do we think – so a couple things to unpack there. One, is the cornerback depth better now than it was last year that could prohibit a, a true freshman from playing? Yes, right? Yeah. We'd all agree. Um, is Quindarius, who's having a really nice spring, I think we all agree with that as well, is he doing as well this spring – as Azaria Thomas was last spring as a true freshman? Not quite. AZ's highlights were very good last year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The thing for me is I think J-Dub, I think Renardo Green are going to play a hell of a lot of snaps. And -hmm. then I think there's depth and rotation there, and some of it comes down to who ends up being the nickel. I just don't know that – like, Quindarius Jones is going to play. I'm not saying that. I'm just not sure he's going to be a heavy rotational player. Some of it's going to depend on how he does when he gets like more at bats, like with the ones and twos. Like I'm sure they will give him reps with those groups, like in in if not the remainder of the spring, like in fall camp. I think they're going to keep testing him because he has done really well in responding to like anything that's been thrown at him so far. What gives me optimism that we'll see him? Why I'm buying him be, being a part of the rotation is his mindset. He just he does not back down from anyone. He's one of the few guys on this roster who has legitimately given Johnny Wilson a hard time. Not always, but he he has done it at a fairly consistent rate this spring. So I, I really do like his mindset, the way he approaches the game. You got the length, the athleticism, uh, mental toughness. Like those are all things that that you're going to need at corner. Um, a side note: Azari Thomas has has kind of been a ghost at times this spring, and I'm not sure what's going on there. This is a guy last year we're talking about. Like I put my stamp on it, saying I thought he was going to be a a surefire NFL draft pick. I'm uh, not sure entirely what's going on, but but do need like more urgency out of him because I, I do think there's a chance that uh, there are other DBs who are pushing to take on prominent roles when he was going to have a prime like opportunity to start this season. Moving on. Uh, here's a good one from Jay Funches. Byers to FSU signs three or more top 60 players in this year's recruiting class. Well, I think Luke can trend into that spot. So that's one right there. 
Uh, Cam Davis should be in that spot, but I think currently has trended out of that spot. Correct yeah, me if like I'm wrong with that. He's in the 80s right now. Um, after that, yeah, Charles Lester would fall into that for me. And they, I still think they have a legit shot at JoJo Trader and Landon Thomas. All of those guys would fall in that category. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go with bye. I, I think they've got a real legit shot. I think the success on the field that I expect them to have will play into the fact that they've built pretty good relationships and recruiting as well. Yeah, I agree. I'll buy that. Um, I think that's probably the number. Uh, I think three is is the the ceiling that I see. Um, unless the, some of their commits like trend up or something that I'm not expecting. But yeah, I mean, right now it looks like they have um, a good shot. I mean, Cam Davis in the, the composites ranked 32nd. Um, so he moved down in the top 247, but he's still within that range And uh, when you compare it to the industry. So I think um, I'll buy that. Uh, I think three. Three would be a tie, would, would would tie the amount of top 60 prospects FSU has signed under Mike Norvell in totality since 2020. This program has trended up some. Yes, some, some perspective there. Big Drip Null, Byers Snow, and sponsored by? The Turner Group. Jerry and Jones, a.k.a. Loverboy, <laughs> leads the team in INTs this year with three-plus. Mm, who else would be in position to get a bunch of interceptions? Like I don't I mean, think that's. I mean, Cypress, Renardo, Green, Akeem, Den, Shaheem, Brown, potentially Duke Cooper, and potentially Greedy Vance. Those are probably your options. I mean, Fedro had what fourteen PBUs last season or something like that. Yeah, yeah, he had I mean, he had a lot. I don't know. I'll go with Fentrell. I'm still owning it. Sorry, Lover Boy. I'll. I think Jarian leads him. Uh, he's been very active this spring. He's got ball skills as a guy who played a, a decent amount of wide receiver in high school. Um, if, if Akeem Dent consistently consistently catches the ball, then he'll be in position too because he does find himself around the ball a lot. We have seen some some vintage uh, 2019 uh, Akeem at times this spring. So, uh, To quote Mickey Andrews, you know what they call a defensive back who can catch? A wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, I'll go ahead and Sonona. I just think there's a lot of variables there, so I don't feel like I'm going to pick J-Dub and feel confident in it, so I'll Sonona it for now. Matt329, Byers Snown, sponsored by? The Turner Group. The coaching staff is more concerned about the kicking situation than it seems. I'll Sonona. I have not heard or talked to anyone who's been like, oh, we're, we're effed. Like, I don't John. John Papucha's public comments do not lend themselves to that. Some yeah, private conversations with other people involved in kicking do not lend themselves to that. So, therefore, I will sit on it for now. I'm going to buy it, but not to, like, some crazy extent. I mean, I they're never going to come out and say that they're, like, like they hate, they're, like, they're screwed with the kicking game. Like, it's not going to ever happen. But um, I think, I mean, they're, they've got to be a little bit. I, I'd be worried if they're not a little bit concerned. I mean, look at the rest of the team compared to that unit. Like, it's just it's not stellar at all. Like there's not, I mean, there was the 51 yard field goal. That was probably the top moment of the kicking game that we've seen all spring. Right. I would say Keltner is a safety blanket in this conversation and was brought in for that very reason. But that staff has made it abundantly clear how much they support Ryan Fitzgerald and are going to ride with him too. I think that's one of those things, Chris, like they're not going to move off of Ryan Fitzgerald unless they're hundred percent ready to move on from him. Cause I think once you do, like I, I, this is more just me connecting dots. Like no one's told me this. I, I just don't. If you move on from Ryan Fitzgerald, you'd probably expect him to transfer, right? Like if he doesn't, if he doesn't start. So, yeah. 
that that would just be like all this is being handled very cautiously and, and slowly and just to get as much data as possible. There's no there's no need to announce a starting kicker in the spring. <laughs> like you don't have to do that. Um so I'm not like thinking there's this urgency that I get it. It hasn't given us the warm and fuzzies. We've relayed that to you. My opinion might differ from other people on on staff, and, and that's fine. They're they're operating with a lot more information and knowledge than than I am on it. I can only judge with with what I've seen, and I'm not a kicking expert. I don't have the warm and fuzzies about it. I don't I don't think it's like a, a alarm either. It's somewhere in, in between uh, something being concerning and being alarming. But you know. It, it would be nice if it's a little bit better, but I don't think it's this thing that is becoming a, a frantic situation internally. I think that's more message board uh, anxiety amping up. And as someone who's anxious a lot, take a deep breath. We'll be okay. Bad Bean, Byers Snow brought to you by Dane's Thoughts, which is horrifying. Uh, for the next FSU 24-7 update on the Chuck Oliver Show, Zach will be the one to give it. Ooh, Zach, would you like to do that? Sure. <laughs> PC Seminole, Byers and There will be two or more on-field coaches hired away after this season. Uh, and the next question was a Byers and from someone asking about Alex Atkins being the offensive coordinator in 2024. So that's one of them. I think Alex is pretty close to uh, to getting head co- coaching opportunities. He, he might have already had head coaching opportunities. It's a matter of like the right opportunity for him. And I don't think he's in a rush for it. He's in a really good spot, enjoys who he works with, who he works for knows he has a really good support system around him has a good thing going at Florida state. So I think a lot of it will just depend on like how good Florida state's offense is this year and what the national profile is and what that means for job opportunities in 2024 for him. Um, I think I'd be surprised if Alex Atkins though is the OC in 2024. Like he's just, he's a commodity. He's really good at what he does. That won't last like on the open market forever. I'll say that two is a really good number. Um, I think Alex is obviously the easy answer of one. I think there are people within the staff who would go with Alex, but not necessarily on field as far as like the Tony Tokars, Ron Dugans, so on and so forth. The next one to pick would be difficult. I mean, Randy Shannon's been a bit of a journeyman throughout his career, but a guy like Odell and a guy like Ron Dugans, I don't expect them to go anywhere. Chris Thompson has had pass options in his time at FSU and decided against leaving for those options and to stay at FSU. David Johnson's pretty heavily connected to Mike Norvell. Um, you know, Adam Fuller's a guy who I think has aspirations that are greater and if the defense is really good, you got to jump at some point when, you know, it's hot. So maybe he's the next option up, which I know some people are going to scoff at because there's a segment of the fan base that just doesn't want to believe that. But, Adam Fuller statistically has coached fairly good defenses the last two years, and the expectation is it continues to trend up this coming year. That opens some options for other jobs. So uh, was it two or more? If it's two or more, I'm going to Sinone. If it's two, I, I think I'd probably buy it. I think there's a fair two, chance of that. Wait, what? There'll be two or more on on field coaches hired away. The yeah. or more part makes me want to know. I don't think there's a likelihood of more than two, but I do feel like there's two. So for two or more, I guess yes, it's a buy from a technicality standpoint. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> hey, I got there, guys. I got there in the end. We're good. Yeah, god, I mean, that was like can... podcasting with me, like that that thought process and the working things out as you're talking. Is that what it's like? Sorry, <laughs> I apologize. That's awful. Um. Uh, I'm buying that. I think what if Florida State's 
defensive backs have a, a much better year than last year. I think Pat Sertan's a, a prime candidate um, for an upgrade to, to some other, like, you know, Alabama or Ohio State or something like that. They could pay him more money. Or I NFL. Mean, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a guy that... Zach's trying to run the first-year guy out of town already. I'm Jesus not, Christ. I, the he's, what he's that. saying is they nailed that freaking hire. Yeah, that it'd he's be a home run. It, it'd be a home run if... Obviously, you want to keep him, but, like, if he's having that kind of impact in, in one year, I mean, that's a home run for, for what the value was coming in. So, yeah, I think I'll buy that. I think two's a, a good number. I think Atkins, if, if the right opportunity comes about um, after the season, um, he could dip and then you know, one of, one of the other uh, staff members. Obviously, they got a few guys that are either tied to Norvell or tied to Florida State that I don't think would leave, like Chris said. One narrative that's kind of died with FSU taking a while to get back on the national picture is that Mike Norvell coaches do tend to get hired away and get promoted away. And I think that's about to return to the repertoire for him. You know what's changed on that dynamic, though, Chris, is they have the money to retain coaches now, which is something yes. Memphis did not have. So, like, Adam Fuller and Alex Atkins are being paid very well. But and the ceiling at FSU for those guys is the ceiling at FSU. There's potential for job growth outside of FSU in the right. sense of becoming a head coach or, you know, things of that sort. And, you know, they're probably getting close to the ceiling financially of, like, what they can be to as coordinators. Well, that, that keeps changing. But, yeah, the first – the first name I thought of was Alex Atkins. The next one, Chris, was Adam Fuller is where my head went. If they have a top 20 defense that we talked about, that would be continual progression for that side of the ball. And someone who is considered like a very organized coach and uh, would be able to to have head coaching opportunities probably. So those two, John Papooch has defensive coordinator uh, experience at a power five level, and he will have a nice run of defensive ends being drafted and developing there. Uh, he's obviously a special teams coordinator there. So JP would be someone that that would potentially be like a DC uh, candidate, I would imagine, at, at some places as well. So, yeah, and then Pat Sertan, if he does something good. um, Yeah, I'll buy it is what I'm trying to say. I think there's like four or so guys who will have, have chances that the team performs well this year. Uh, let's see. Here's a good one from GA – oh, Georgia Southern, no. Uh, George, George Sow, Joe Sow, G-A-S-O-U. Byers to know the 2023 team is considerably better at this point in the year than the, than the 2022 team was. So we're looking at comparing last spring to this spring and where this team is. We do have the gift of like knowing what that 2022 team ended up becoming, which I think in the spring we were thinking like six, seven wins still, like a slightly better team, but not a nine win regular season team. So I'll buy for this particular reason. They've installed a boatload in spring and it's because they have a lot of dudes who understand what's expected and how it operates. And they're able to do that. They weren't able to do that a year ago. I think that speaks to the internal belief of where this team is 22 developed into what it became. I think 23 is one that from the onset believes it can be really, really good. I think there's a difference there too. So I, yeah, I think they're far ahead. Chris, on that note, I would hate to be a true freshman right now at Florida state. Well, I, I when we talked the other day, I mentioned that about Brock Lynn. I think one yeah. of the best things about Brock Lynn is that he's had a boatload of stuff put on his hands, and he's being asked to do what a guy like Jordan Travis has done for years and Tate has done for years and Duffy has done for a year, and he, he they're not being kind about it. He's got to go and do it, and he's done a pretty good job of handling that. But I think that speaks to it. They have 19 new guys, but roughly half of them are college-experienced football players, guys that are under understand sort of the expectations. they got to learn the vocabulary more so than anything. The other 
half of that bunch is kind of having to play catch up, but they're in rooms that are experienced and talented. We talk about Quindarius Jones, for example. He's in a room with a lot of DBs that have played a lot of reps at FSU, and obviously they're all learning from Pat for the first time at cornerback position, so they're doing that together. But in general, I believe this football team is just – they're they're very far ahead on the timeline versus where they were last year through 11 spring practices, what they're trying to do in order to prepare for the regular season. I'm going to buy it. Like, I think the confidence that I have in the passing game alone gives me like Johnny Wilson is better than he was last spring. Much, much better. Jordan Travis was good last spring. Uh, he wasn't always consistent in getting rid of the ball in time. Like there's been very few issues with, cause I was going back and looking at some notes from last year where I was like, yeah, I think he's progressing. I don't know if he's going to be an above average power five starter or a passer, uh, but at least an average one. And we now know he's an above average to good power five passer. Um, <laughs> maybe even a great one, depending on like what metric you're looking at, but combined with his, his mobility and all the things he can do to create passing windows and, and whatnot. Like, yeah, just, you know what you have at quarterback. That's huge. You know what you have with your wide receiver one. That's huge. The offensive line well-documented. The depth will be better. You know what Trey Benson is now. He was not, he was a wild card last spring where you saw some, impressive talent but you didn't know what he was going to be so I'm, I'm rambling about the offense here but that's important because typically it's easier to project offense production offensive production year over year with like returning players and is defensive bringing back a bunch of defensive players doesn't always lead to uh, the same level of production there's a lot more variance there offense you know what you have and then with the defense like the additions that you've brought in via the transfer portal in addition to some young guys getting better, and then you count in like Jared Verse. Uh, yeah, I, I, th- this team is a tier, maybe two tiers above what it was last spring. Clay Cloud, 1996, Byers, Sinone, Georgia fans are lurkers. Hi. Aren't we, aren't we all in this message board world we live in? I feel like, you know. Bad things happen to FSU. You get the upvotes from Florida fans, for example. Miami has a quarterback go to Ohio State. I'm sure no FSU fans went over there and upvoted, right, people? So, like, aren't they all like? And it's the number one tight end in the country. Of course, they're going to keep an eye on it. So, but they weren't. I, I'm not trying to protect my people in Athens. We all know I have some family there, and I don't have anything really against UGA. Their enemy is my enemy, so we're good in that regard. But like, I, I, lurking is sur- sort of the business. We, we encourage lurking. I do think it's noteworthy that FSU fans are beefing with Georgia and Ohio State fans now. Like, again, progress. Miami. And North Texas. Well, okay. Thank you. <laughs> Chuck D80, Byersonone, bourbon over scotch. Well, if it's Chattanooga whiskey, that's a hard buy. That's a buy for me. I'm – I. I don't mind scotch, but I've never gotten into drinking. I I love bourbon. Like I, I don't drink it near as much as I once did in my life, but I'll still sit down and enjoy a good glass of it. The, the George Strait concert still uh, still exists. Chris, you, I brought over the Chattanooga whiskey two weekends ago. I don't know if we talked about that, but I brought over the single barrel, which is delightful. What did you think of that? It's good. I had a bit of it last evening. Uh, single barrel was getting pretty low over there. The other one I've not touched yet, so we're leaving that one for another day. That, and that is the one eleven. But yeah, get kill kill the kill the single barrel because the starts to oxidize and it'll start losing its flavor over a couple of months. So finish. Don't that. worry, I'm doing my job. Out of boy. 
Five five Noel Byers Sinone sponsored by the Turner Group. Linebacker room won't be flipped by twenty twenty four. I it's already been flipped, hasn't it? Like it's already in a much better place than it was. I don't know if I buy the notion that it needs to be flipped. It needs to be built on and improved. Flip implies that like it it has been a teardown and rebuilt process, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they've already rebuilt it, but they're gonna. There is a process of like they have to revitalize it again after this year because you're going to lose the, the top two guys most likely. Yeah, we're talking about life after Bethune and Deloach. You got Lundy, you got Omar Graham, who they're trying to push into the fire and get more comfortable there. And I think they believe in Blake Nicholson's a kid who I think is extremely talented, might be the most talented linebacker they've brought in some time. Um, yeah, and then after that, you got to figure it out. You've, you've recruited several other high school guys. You might have to go in the portal and grab one. I feel like that's a position where really grabbing a portal kit is not the worst way of going about your business. You can want guys who are experienced in the game, physically enhanced by the college game. Yeah, It's tough to take a high school kid and plug and play him there at that position, in my opinion. Byer Sinone from Danny Cronin. Oh, this one hurts a little bit. We should still be on the Darian Williamson hype train that was revving up before the spring. Uh, bye. Still, still be on the hype train, guys. Still be on the hype train. Potent- the potentially mo- the most there. important ability is availability. Okay, Chris, you filled that call from SIDs. That's fine. I'm not. I'm just that. saying that that's it's the same for Byron Turner and Darian Williamson. They got to be Williamson's able to do it consistently. Injuries in the past have been well documented, and and it has stunted his growth in the past and like he just needs to practice a lot and i think that's that's fair that's reasonable stay on the so, hype train so you know how Smokey the beer has only you can prevent fire uh you know forest fires prevent firefighter like- chris's anti-firefighters guys make sure we we, we clip that <laughs> i love firefighter brother fire um i feel like we need to make a shirt with some kind of dude on it maybe it can be like a cartoon version of Derek satterfield saying you know, the most important ability is availability. Okay, I'll buy that. That way, if Derek calls me, we can have a more enjoyable conversation. That's all that's about. Yeah, I mean, him calling you while you're wearing a shirt that he can't see is definitely going to help. Uh, I'll FaceTime him. Okay. I'm, I'm off my game right now. <laughs> Ricastro Tipico, Byers Sinone. Peeps are gross. Oh, sponsored by the Turner Group. Sorry that you're about to be sorry, Colin, that you're about to be associated with this product. Peeps are gross and should not be sold for human consumption. I'll buy that. Uh, I'll buy that too. Yeah. And the boys got peeps in their Easter baskets yesterday. I just I don't get it. Never will. I took a bite of one, said, you know, I'm always gonna try something again like once a year and see if taste buds have changed. I threw threw the whole bag away. It's it's like eating styrofoam. Yeah. It's like flavored styrofoam. Reese's or death. Reese's are good. Also, people not liking Cadbury eggs, go go get one. Try it. Let me know. I, I don't understand how you could think it's not a, a, at least a solid candy, if not a good one. Messy, but that's part of the fun. Semicolon. Byers known. Portier starts against LSU. Bye. Yeah. Well, yeah, Zach's whoa, whoa, what was that? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> kind of the thing is that I'm pretty sure that Tron and Johnny play the same in position. position. Yeah. So um, does he play starting caliber reps, like 30, 25, 30 snaps? Probably. Does he get the actual start? 
I'll Sonone it. I think they'll start two tight end and, and work their way out from there. But he, he will be a player. Chris? I think I'll Sonone it for the same reasons you just brought up. But I do think he's been the second best receiver of the spring. I agree. And also the second most consistent. Like, not just splashy, but, like, consistent. Would, yeah. Also known as well just because of the um, the fact that he plays the same position as Johnny. And Johnny's obviously going to start. Josh Corby, 18, Byers known the Bama and UGA games are played. Uh, Chris? Uh, I've not truthfully poked around on this. There's been some rumor out there, and I think Ingram's even referenced it before on the null cast, that there's a belief it probably won't. Obviously, the SEC scheduling format might change, and if that happens, it's going to affect games like that. So I wouldn't go booking your hotels yet. I'll put it that way. I have no idea. Okay, good. Uh, Mike, I appreciate the transparency. Mikey Clark to Byers Sonone. Getting the safety out of the portal should be a priority for FSU. This is interesting because we like what Duke Cooper has done. Cheyenne Brand has a ton of talent. You kind of know what Akeem Dent is at this point. But, Chris, you mentioned this before. Like, Adam Fuller pushed the buttons of the safety group. Uh, let's play it this way. We're going to talk plenty as the portal opens up on April 15th and, and as spring ball ends. We're going to talk plenty of that, like of what you're – position needs are how much room you could maybe have uh, if we had to do like a draft of one position group that you can get an assured upgrade on uh, anywhere on the roster right now realistically within reason like you're not going to get like a, a first round draft pick a wide receiver uh, what position would you allocate that scholarship toward i get a guaranteed starter anywhere in the portal right now guaranteed starter defensive end because it impacts everything else on defense behind it Byron Vaughn's. Even, even though I love, even though Byron Vaughn's still it's not. Even though I love Patrick Payton and what he's going to be, and we know what Jared Verse is, like it's still a position where if you can just keep rotating dudes who can get ferocious, get downhill, and impact quarterback, it makes your safeties better. So, um, on the safety topic, I love Conrad Hussey. I wish he was here for the spring. I think he'd be a guy who would certainly contribute if he was here for the spring. I still think I would bet on him being able to contribute. You know, he's only going to get here in May. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. if Are, are we saying, am, am I answering what position I, I'd like uh, to allocate a portal spot to? Yeah, my question was better. Sorry, Mikey Clark, but I, I thought yeah, that was I mean, more intriguing. I appreciate the inspiration, though. I mean, if I could pick any starter, it'd be like an offensive tackle. But FSU probably doesn't need that. I um, said I, realistic too. Like yeah. you're not finding an offensive tackle starting in the draft. Yeah, I mean, if you could, if you could get a a starting caliber edge, like I think that's probably where you allocate it, especially with Derek McClendon leaving. But I think the safety spot is definitely, you know, if you look at the defense in totality, I mean, I think the ceiling of the safety spot right now is probably not as high or as high as any other spot. Um, that's an issue um, considering you you have playoff aspirations this year. So, yeah, I think you probably need to allocate a transfer spot to safety. I mean, they tried to in the first uh, rendition of the portal um, in December slash January, and I think they probably are going to try again in, in uh, April. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think safety is probably the spot. Um, but also I wouldn't be surprised if they try to do edge. I think Duke has been better than they could have hoped for at safety, but I also think that the two other safeties haven't been as good as they would have liked. And yeah. so that creates kind of a conundrum where initially, like, we're talking about like, it. I think that the, 
the ceiling of that room is not as high as they want it to be right now. Like they don't have a certified like dude. Like I think Shaheem Brown can develop into that, but right now he's like he's got some growing to do, and they want to have a a defense that they can, especially the back half, that they can um, rely on. And I don't know if that's the case right now. This is from BJ Three Pug Byersonum Brendan is daddy. Uh, bye. Sonone. Chris three 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 three. Byers known the two backup centers figure out the snapping thing. Is snapping important to you guys? Um, yeah, I, is he asking? Do I think it'll be capable snappers? Yes, I think the number two center for FSU, regardless of who it is, is going to be a very consistently capable snapping center. After that, I think the next guy is the next guy for a reason. Is probably the best way of putting it without saying too much and getting two phone calls for this one podcast. Derek, call Chris, not Brendan. Great 168, Byers Sinone, who is more likely to play the game in September or October? Destin Hill or Mikey? Mikey. Micah Pittman. Mikey Pittman. I like Mike. Mikey, yeah, it's just like a 10-year-old. I'm Mikey Pittman. What's up? No. <laughs> Dude. Even the buyer's no problem doesn't make sense for this question. Um, but who's more likely to play in the game this year, Dustin Hill or Micah Pittman? Mikey. I'll go with Micah because he's actually on the team currently. 100% Micah Pittman. What about Mikey Pittman? Next That's question. All right, we're starting to derail here. Let's move this along. Well, this is a really more, more. long question, Coltrane. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't get to that. Long questions need to come in the first hour. Brenda can't concentrate after a while. The Adderall wears off. Oh, it's, um, reckless. Jay Todar, Byers Sonone preseason transfer needs to have changed once. Wait, sorry. Preseason transfer needs have changed once practice started. We talked about safety. I mean, you lost a defensive end in the portal. So, I mean, bye. Like, things have the landscape of the, the roster has changed already. Yeah, I mean, I think people talked about linebacker. I don't think linebacker transfers into cards for FSU because such a solidified group at the very top as starters. I just, I don't think you're going to get value at linebacker if you go and pursue one. NRG Noel, Byers Sinone. Zach is the easiest to frazzle out of the Knowles 24-7 group. Hmm. Mm. Hmm. So, first off, I know everyone's mind is going to me right now. And... I will say you guys are correct. There is a, a a body of work that makes it likely to be for me to be the answer. However, if you're always kind of frazzled, you can't really frazzle me out. It's just a constant state. So I'm going to defend anything you guys say. I I think Zach's super easy to get frazzled. Yes, I'm I'm buying that. It's Zach all day. It does not take much. He starts puffing out his chest. He gets nervous when things don't go well. Um, bye for Zach. Bye for Dane. I think Dane, like, you don't even really need to do much. Um, but any kind of, like, frazzling attempts around Dane, like, it just 100% hit rate. I'm probably a close second, though. Chris isn't going to answer it. You know what, then? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drag you into this, Chris. You're the hardest to frazzle, but when you do get frazzled, it is a frazzle. So, um we all have different levels there, which is good, I guess. I don't know. Byers Sinone, also from NRG Null, the starting 11 on defense this year. So this is just not the depth we're talking about, the starting 11 
will be better than the starting 11 from last year. Losing, mm-hmm. who are you losing from the starting 11? Jamie Robinson. Jamie Robinson. It's an important which you downgrade. Robert um, Cooper, who was not 100% last year. Yeah, and Robert. I think you've, I don't, I don't want, yeah. Sorry, Coop. Love you, buddy. I mean, um, he, was, he was not himself. A, a healthy Robert right. Cooper is very different than what you saw last year. That's, that's yeah, cool. I, I think it's a buy. I think the starting 11 will be better this year as a group. I think the experience factor for some and the, uh, the talent, and I know we're only talking about 11, but the depth factor matters too because you're able to keep that 11 fresher. Yeah, the D-line is is the position you can point to as like a massive upgrade, I think. Uh, yeah, I would agree because you're, you're, I mean, you're replacing two starters there with McClendon gone as well, right, Zach? Yeah. So you're saying, uh, Pat Payton starting... jumps into the role or Gilbert Edmond or whoever gets that but, other starting role besides first, and then the this is re- way better. This isn't revisionist. I'm not convinced McClendon was starting this year. I definitely think he's a top four DN for them this year and gives it's a great top, deal yeah, of security in that group. Four. Yeah. But I wasn't convinced it wasn't going to be Jared and Pat. It will be interesting to revisit with McClendon. When the when we started hearing about him potentially leaving, then he actually left. I was always of the mindset like you'd rather have him than not have him. Uh, the devil's advocate to that, and I think what we're kind of seeing is it's kind of like thrown Pat Payton off, off into the deep end and forced him to elevate things even faster than we were maybe expecting. And that might ultimately like long-term have kind of been a blessing in the skies. You were able to give him more and more reps and um, add some extra urgency to what we've seen. Cause he's been really, really good this spring. Uh, let's see. CC Pudo 51. Byers Sinone FSU will look at the portal for wide receiver two. I, I think they're more look, likely to look for a punt returner than a wide receiver two. Now that, player happens to play wide receiver uh, that would be important but I mean they really they love what they have in Johnny Wilson we've mentioned Kentron Portier the next question is about Winston Wright and whether he's been disappointing this spring I mean I think he's been solid this spring and, and you feel good about him I don't think he's disappointing so you start off with a nucleus of three that you feel good about and then you have all the supplemental pieces like a Ja'Kai Douglas a Jaheim Bell uh, Kyle Morlock like guys who can do multiple things and that's not even before we get to like all day Dre Darian Williamson, if Micah Pittman comes back, am I think am I forgetting anyone else? Do span, I guess, gadgety. Um Lawrence Tobilly in a pinch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you have enough right now to where like it's just gonna depend on how much room you have. Like if you can go ahead and get a surefire like NFL draft dude at, at wide receiver, great. But you know, they could have been and like Grant DeBose was in the transfer portal and he's now gonna go the Charlotte wide receiver. He's gonna enter, the, he's in the NFL draft. He'll probably get drafted or at least be like a priority, like UDFA guy. They didn't really push for him that hard. And I don't know if you've seen anything this spring other than the Pittman injury that's changed your outlook at receiver. If anything, you probably feel better about that group than than previously. I'm synoting it because I think plugging a receiver in after spring is sort of a waste of time. Hmm. Kind of like Andrew Andrew Parchment type of territory in the sense of like it's tough for a guy to just – Get it like that. Like it. Yeah. No. Big beef for Noel. <laughs> Myers known the zoomer perm is worse than the mullet. Looking at you, Zach. Yeah, what dude? What's with the hate recently on the board, man? It's know. not worse than the mullet. So no. 
Maddie B. Noel, Byers Sinone, Luke K. is the starting quarterback next season. Carmen Hawk next season. Also known, that's just, I mean, it, it, quarterback's a tough position to walk through the door and just do it. Hmm. Let me change it to this, Chris. Would you buy, who would you, who's more likely to be the starting quarterback? I'll give you Brock Glenn and Luke Carmen Hawk or Tate Rodemaker. In I'd probably still take Tate right now. Okay. Zach? I agree with Chris. I thought it'd be more fun. You were wrong. Last buyers to known. Brought to you this by the Cerner Group. Thank you, Chris. Thanks. Clay Cloud, 1996. Buyers to known. Our offensive line is practicing against the best defensive line they will see during the regular season. LSU uh, loses three NFL draft prospects. Uh, Clemson loses Miles Murphy. Um, Blanking on the name mm-hmm. of the defensive end. Breezy, too, right? Brian Breezy, Breezy, Breezy yeah. will be a first round draft pick. And who's the other, the, the older defensive end that was um, good for them? I can't um, remember. KJ. I KJ Henry. That's yeah. it. So they lose three. Now they do return Tyler Davis. Um, who's the former, like, uh, was it Xavier Thomas? Thomas. Yeah. He's kind of a wild card. I'm trying to think of who else. Like both Miles, those. Miles Murphy love. Yeah, he left. He'll probably be a first-round draft pick coming up at the end of the month here. Um, so both those teams lose high high-end players like BJ. LSU has some guys coming back. I mean, they both, got Mason Smith. Both will have dudes, yeah, yeah. coming back. Uh, with Mason Smith, he had the knee injury against FSU last year. Yeah, and he's been out all spring. Yeah, so I wonder like what version of him you get in the, the opener versus like say playing him at the end of the year. So you might catch that at the right time. Then with FSU's defensive line, the amount of bodies and depth that they're able to throw at you, it's a good question. I think FSU can be in the conversation with Clemson and LSU from a defensive line perspective. Yeah, I mean, if if they stay healthy, I think they're probably the best defensive line they play all year. Um, that's the key because um, I think there's some fall off at edge, not a ton of fall off at uh, along the interior of the defensive line, but um, I think the depth on the interior just makes me think that they're they're very much the, the best they'll play all year. I'll buy it. I think this is the best. I think this is the best defensive line they'll play all year. That's one they practice against. When Are there any other schools we're forgetting about? Miami, no. Pitt loses a lot. Florida loses. Gervon Dexter, Zachary Carter got kicked off already. I'm trying to think of who they have coming back. Though. That was Brenton Cox, right? Oh, it was Brenton Cox. I'm sorry, Zach Carter was a year before. Sorry. Yeah, so mean so our lads has LSU's defensive line, including their jack, as Savion Jones, Makai Wingo, Mason Smith, and Ovi Agufu. I'm probably messing that up. I apologize. Um, as their starting four. I would take FSU's over those four. Oh, yeah, I'm pulling up uh, a simple way for me. For Clemson, it has it as Justin Maskell, Tyler Davis, Rook. Orho, God, I'm god awful what names, and Xavier Thomas, who we mentioned. Um, you know, the fine thing is for both of those teams, you know what defensive player my eyes immediately went to was a linebacker for each of them. Howard Perkins for LSU, who I think is going to be primed for a breakout, Barrett Carter, who I think is one of the better players in the entire country for Clemson. And Barrett Carter's used as like a, a, a pretty high-end blitzer. He had 20 pressures last year. As Chris said, had 22 pressures last year, graded out well per PFF. Uh, so him with an expanded role. Obviously, Tyler Davis is very good. But yeah, th- to the point earlier, like Clemson does lose KJ Henry, Miles Murphy. Those are their two best pass rushers. And while while Breesy is really good, he didn't. He was hurt last year. Wasn't like 
you didn't have to go against a full-on like A-game version of him. Um, Xavier Thomas is capable of being out of this world good, but in his college career, he's never put it together. But he's had moments where it's been like mind-blowingly good. Like the potential hasn't disappeared. It's more consistency thing with him and an availability thing too for him. I think there is an ongoing bet that has not been cashed in yet because he's still playing with two of my buddies where I said he would be a top five draft pick. Uh, he still could be, probably won't, but technically it hasn't expired yet. And then for yeah, LSU, you lose B.J. Ojolari, who was their leading pass rusher, 46 quarterback pressures. Jacqueline Roy was third with 26. Ali Gay was fifth with 16 quarterback pressures. But you do bring back Perkins, you bring who had 36, which is a ton. And he's a linebacker, but a blitzing linebacker. Makai Wingo, Chris said. So, like, they, they have some dudes uh, on their defensive line who, who are pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I like FSUs right now. It's a good exercise, though, to kind of compare it to, to the trends play. And, again, the depth, like, what you'll be able to go against all season for FSU, I think is what's going to be super helpful there. Uh, if someone gets hurt, you're not going to – unless it's Jared Verse, probably have a, a crazy drop-off. Um, yeah. Anything else before we get out of here, guys? We're all good. All right. For Chris Nee, Zach Blostein, I'm Brendan Sinone. This has been On the Bench. Shout out to the Turner Group. Shout out to Chattanooga Whiskey. And shout out to the Battles End. Thank you to all three for their sponsorship uh, with us. We appreciate it. And uh, please support the people who are supporting us. Fellas, enjoy your Monday. I'll see you tomorrow at practice as we go into the final week of spring ball. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.